0: Hope of All Trades presents a quickie with hope. Ooh la la. Brand new episode of Hope of All Trades, but this is gonna be a little bit different. I wanted to start like a little thing called a quickie with hope. Um, What this is is just my quick reactions to like movies, TV, or anything like that. Unlike my other episodes where they're like full specials and we're talking crazy in depth about every single aspect of the show or movie or comic or something, I wanted to do something that was like quick, fun, just to get it out there. These are my thoughts, and yeah. So, it's not, Also, I wanted a reason to talk about Once Upon a Time, because it's no secret that I love Once Upon a Time, <laughs> as as awful as last season was. So last night we have the spring f- uh, spring premiere, yes, premiere, I am running on my like three hours of sleep, I, I'm sorry now. <laughs> last night was the spring premiere of season 4B, and we just came out of the god-awful Frozen season, please, please, let me never have to... Think about that again, because I usually like to rewatch seasons leading up to like premieres and stuff like that. I I didn't even bother (laughs) because I just cared. I there were no fucks to give anymore for Frozen. I was so done. But like this, my feelings on the Frozen season, Once Upon a Time, actually made me hate Frozen. Not really hate. Hate might be a strong word, but I know back during Christmas when I was shopping for my niece and she wanted Frozen stuff, the entire time I was just like. I can't take another effing thing of Frozen, and I gotta go home Sunday and watch freaking Once Upon a Time, which is all Frozen. Oh my god, can we just let this go? No, not let it go! Oh god, I hear it again! Ah. So that was pretty pretty much my, yeah. Anyway, so, we had darkness on the edge of town. We, we are introducing ourselves to the Spice Girls of Evil, as I lovingly call them, and it is Ursula. Cruella, and Maleficent. And we got a little teaser of them in the season, the mid-season finale back in December. Well, I, going into this half-season, was very, very wary. Um, I, I was definitely at an all-time low for once, in, in my terms of liking it. I was a little, because <laughs> I, I didn't think anybody could do Oz worse, and... I was not a fan of Oz, and I was like, well, this has to be better than Oz, and it was worse. And I was like, wow, I actually like Oz now. That's, that's funny. <laughs> um, so I, I was pretty wary going into this. Pretty much the only things I was very excited about was I am highly invested in the Nave of Hearts story. Um, I, I love Mr. Saka. Michael Saka is amazing. Um, he's, he's fantastic. I'm a huge fan of Once Wonderland. Um, I think it is once you get to the second half of Once Wonderland, it is the stronger of the two shows. And I and I miss it so much. <laughs> if I had three wishes, Cyrus, one would be to bring back Once Wonderland. Um, but yeah, so like really the knave of heart will scarlet story was the only thing I was like really, really, really interested in. That was the only thing I really really cared about. And and then they started bringing up these little things, and once upon a time became my broke back mountain. <laughs> Because I was like, you know, I'm not sure if I really want to watch this show. And they would be like, oh, but we're bringing August back for a few episodes. And I was like, August? He's like one of my favorite characters of all times. And I miss him gravely. They're like, yes, yes. We're also bringing back Zelina. And I was like, oh, Zelina. I was actually starting to like her when they killed her off in, in 3AB. No, 3B. I was like, really? Oh, no. And I was like, Okay. Okay, and then the, I was like, okay, there's there's some interesting things, and they're like, oh, by the way, we're also gonna tell you who the author is this half season. Oh, and here here is Cora, and then once again, once upon a time was my broke bad mountain, and I'm sitting here going, how do I quit you? I don't understand. How do I quit you? Ugh, <laughs> because I, I love once upon a time, and yeah, so I wanted to go into for B these the the. Spice Girls of Evil half season with an open mind. I, I knew there were going to be things I dislike and I wanted to I knew there would be things that I would hopefully be looking forward to and like. So here are my likes, dislikes, and leftover questions I have about darkness on the edge of town. First and foremost, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth because while I've been lovingly calling them the Spice Girls of Evil, they, I was not excited at all for the Queen of, Queens of Darkness. I had, like, I was not excited. I didn't care. Oh, my God, I love them. <laughs> I, I will take my foot and clam it so far down my throat when it comes out of my ass. Like, I just, I love them so much, mostly. Mostly. Um, Cruella definitely took the cake for me on this one. And then in, in, back in uh, Heroes and Villains, uh, yeah, which was the last episode. She, to me, was the weakest. She just really didn't do much. She was just kind of standing in the background. This episode was, like... The episode I fell in love with Corella Deville, and I was—it was ah, was, oh, it was so good. <laughs> she she just stole the entire episode for me. Every time she opened her mouth, I was just like, oh, what is she gonna say next? How is she gonna sass after Rumple? Are they really, really, really at a drive-through getting chicken with Rumple still skin the big bad in the back seat? Wow, once this is awesome. Like I I absolutely loved her. To go over to a couple of my dislikes right fast, I'm, I'm still waiting for Maleficent to be like that season one Maleficent. Um, I fucking hate her costume. I'm sorry. I loved her season one costume with the purple and everything. I, it felt a, more original. This, this new costume they have for her just feels like they're going, hey, Angelina Jolie, can we borrow that? Okay, thanks. Yeah, thanks. No, I loved her season one costume. It felt like it was a new take, and she looked like a dragon. Like, she legit looked like a dragon in Season 1, and this, I just, all I see is Angelina Jolie wannabe. That being said, acting-wise, I want to see more of her. She doesn't feel as tight as she did in Season 1. We're in Season 1, where she was just, like, ready to fight uh, Regina to the death, and pretty much, when she was facing a Fantasia beast, because I sure as hell cannot say that word, Chirinabog? whatever it's called, the Fantasia Beast, she just kind of gave up. She was just like, oh, I'm going to hit you with three blasts. I hope you choke on my bones. While I, in season one, she was like ready to go tooth and nail and like claw Regina. And I'm just, Maleficent just doesn't feel as tight yet. Um, I, I know it's probably going to come because Kristen's an amazing actress and she'll get there eventually. But I just, it goes into my kind of wariness of the season where the half-season format hasn't worked for me since Neverland. It's only ever worked in Neverland, and I think Oz and Frozen, and now I'm st- already starting to see a little bit in this like, Spice Girls of Evil half-season, that the half-season format is just, it's too fast, it's too tight, they're not going to have enough time to focus on all three villains. They can barely focus on one villain in a half-season, let alone freaking three. So I, I just, I'm a little bit wary about that. I also I don't know what they're doing with Ursula. I know it's the first episode, but she just didn't feel like she did much. Um, I liked her I like her really only when she's in New York and she's bitching at O'Remple's still skin and she's bitching at fish and she's like poor and everything. Like I liked that Ursula and then it just became she became a background character behind Maleficent and Cruella. I'm waiting to see her balance with the other two. I also don't know why she had to go with them at all <laughs> to get the Dark Curse, um, because they were like, Kuella, use your skills and make the Death Beetles go away, good job, Maleficent, get this dragon fire out of here, good job! Ursula, can you grab that for me? I mean, we could just walk over there and just pick it up ourselves, but can we Okay, thanks. I mean, it'd be one thing if there was like a deep, dark crevice that they couldn't get walk across, but there was no dark crevice. They could have just walked over there and picked up the curse and brought it back. I was waiting for like an Indiana Jones thing <laughs> to happen. Like, well, he kind of did it, I guess, because Fantasia came and messed everything up. But I don't know. I'm just, I'm waiting to see more from Ursula. All right, back to a like. I thought the opening sequence with Storybrooke was incredibly important. Um, I think they kind of realized that while Frozen to a lot of people was great, it wasn't as successful as they thought it was going to be. And what ended up happening is they had to go back and kind of... Sort of like what they did for Greg and Tamara at the end of Season 2. Um, a lot of people didn't like Greg and Tamara, so the first episode of Season 3, they were like, delete! Delete! And they killed them off. And that's kind of how it felt um, in this opening sequence, because, you know, like Regina was suddenly married, again. Sheriff Swan is back at work. Um, people are like getting back to their lives. And while it did feel like a delete the Frozen moment... I, I welcomed it. I felt like Frozen completely disrupted the show I loved. I was at a place where I was pretty much going, this isn't the show I fell in love with. This is Disney fan fiction at its best. <laughs> or, or or worse, because I've read a lot more Once Upon a Time fan fiction that was worlds better than the actual show. But I mean, I, I felt like this opening sequence, it was putting things back in place and, and I've, it gave me the feeling that I was watching my show again. I was more than happy to see oh God, Mayor Mills. Mayor Mills needed to be Regina always needed to be Mayor. Snow White never needed to be Mayor. That yeah, I'm I'm it just it felt like they were writing the world again. And I loved that opening sequence because I felt like I finally came back to my show. <laughs> I was very, very, very happy to throw out a dislike Um, I thought the Fantasia Beast was okay, uh, I actually wrote it down, I'm gonna try and say this, Chernabog, 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 I actually wrote down the word Chernabog, I think that's right. Um, the Beast was okay, uh, it was very Monster of the Week. Uh, sometimes those are great for once, sometimes those aren't. And it, it was actually, you know, the CGI for it was actually pretty good. I, I was surprised. It was it was better in Storybrooke than it was in the Enchanted Forest because he had, like, a wrestler dance belt going on in, in the Enchanted Forest. Well, while when he was in uh, Storybrooke, he was just, like, flying around. He was great. But it was very Monster of the Week. I It was just something to push the, the story along, to push Rumple's story along. And it was it was okay. It just wasn't great. So I guess I guess it wasn't a full dislike, but it could have been something better. On to a like. Um, I just love the the villains getting fast food with stilskin in the back. That was probably that and Rumple eating ramen. I like need I need a webisode of Ursula and Rumple like having a night together and they're just fighting over the remote. Like I just. I, this show needs webisodes just to fill in extra little character moments. So, so, so terribly badly. I want that so bad. Um, I'm going to do another like because that one was short. I have to say I'm very excited at the development between Belle and Hook. Um, I would have liked to see the progress to that. Because a season or two ago, she was, Belle was very anti-Hook. Um, she flat out said, I don't want to work with him. He tried to murder me. And he didn't even really ever give her an apology. Uh, he just kind of gave her like a "sorry" smile, wink, "haha, I'm a pirate" kind of an apology. It was—it didn't feel serious. I would have liked to see the actual apology. I would have liked to see them get to this point. But that being said, I like seeing Belle and Hook working together in a way to heal over Rumple hurting them. I I think it is a nice move on their part. I I think them putting aside their differences because they spent so much time in pain and learning how to... I I don't know if I would call them friends yet. They're more like business partners trying to figure out how to save the fairies. But I I like this development and I can't wait to see more of it and to see where it goes. On to a dislike. I just... The plot felt a little bit predictable to me. The, The moment Belle was like oh, I'm waiting for an Oxford professor, and then Rumple was like, oh, I got an email. I, I knew right then I was like, oh, Rumpel's the Oxford professor. And besides, <laughs> how how would Belle approach an Oxford professor in the first place? <laughs> how did that email go? Why, hello there, Mr. Oxford professor. I'm a librarian from a town that you never heard of because it's full of magical storybook characters. Do you mind translating this text, which is possibly from another world? Because I don't understand it. And okay, thanks. <laughs> like, how did that conversation go? Right, but I. The plot was very predictable. I knew it was Rumple from the get-go. Um, it just I maybe we're just watching so long that we just kind of get Rumple, and we kind of know that's his direction. But it wasn't a surprise to me. They they were very heavy-handed with this outside help wink 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 though i would have liked to see more of the outside help um cause it would have been a nice call back to maybe like season two and three that pan's network for the home office would be bigger it would be bigger than just the darlings and that there'd be other people in the home office that bell maybe could have gotten a hold of and that would have been an inst- interesting twist because we know there are other magical people out in the world one, we had the dragon back in season two, and of course the dragon is dead now. But there was the guy who took August to the dragon. He was like, you know, I, you're obviously not from this world. You're magical. Let me take you to someone who can help you. Well, who is that guy? And is was he part of Pan's home office, or is he part of something else? Like, I mean, these are questions we're never gonna get answers to because it's one spot at a time. In the words of Anna, we get more questions than we ever get answers to, and that's what destroyed Lost. I mean, I just, that's the reason I stopped watching Lost, because they just didn't answer anything, and it was ridiculous. And while you don't have to answer every single thing, more answers would be better than no answers at all. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, I just, the plot was very predictable. I knew right off that it was Rumble. Also, in, in kind of that kind of vein, I feel like the heroes. Are still not thinking like there were some smart moments. Emma, I, I feel like there were some smart moments. Like Emma and Regina definitely. Regina definitely were definitely using their head this time around. You know they the way they defeated Fantasia Beast was 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 really smart. And they're still just so easily duped. <laughs> and I I feel like when you have Regina Snow. Mary Margaret, and David, all standing at the town line, the four leaders of Storybrooke, and Corella and Ursula roll in. Not one of them said, hey, they still have the Ice Queen's scroll. It is a magical key that now lets people into our town. Why didn't no one grab that? <laughs> Why no didn't anybody go, okay, can we have that back now? Thanks. I just, these villains... No, not these villains, these heroes are so stupid sometimes. They're such charmings. God, I love David till the day is long, but the charmings, him and Snow, are just so. just want to hit them in the face sometimes because they're so dumb. <laughs> Use your brains, heroes. How has the villains not beaten you yet? Use your brains. Uh, to go back to a few likes. Oh my god, they're finally fucking using minor characters. Oh my god, I almost had a happy orgasm last night when I was watching them actually going to Blue Fairy! Oh my god, I was so happy! Can you imagine? Okay, so, a little background on this. My favorite characters are all minor characters. My My favorite characters are Jefferson and Dr. Whale. So you can see how well I've been happy in the show. Because <laughs> Jefferson hasn't been in the show since The Doctor, which was Season 2, Episode 5. Sebastian Stan's last episode in Once Upon a Time, apparently, because then he went to Winter Soldiers, so it's understandable. But then Dr. Whale, my lovely Victor Frankenstein, hasn't been in the show since Oz. He wasn't in any of the Frozen arc. And they're just destroying his character while while he's away, apparently, because. They think he can't handle electricity in town when he uses electricity to reanimate corpses from the dead. Of course he understands electricity, you stupid little denizens. But anyway, like, all my favorite characters are minor characters. I've already lost Neil. I've lost August. i lost Whale. i lost Jefferson. So my, uh, Ruby, I have no idea what they're doing with her because she's been free from her show for a while now and I don't know where Ruby is. And, my, and Leroy, and Archie. Like, those. that's my top seven favorite characters! <laughs> the only other characters in my top ten list that I love are Will, David, and Killian. So, like, Will, David, and Killian can only carry my love of the show so much before I'm just like, Barr! So, imagine my my surprise when the, the main characters did something that I've been wanting them to do for about two seasons now, which is... They have a question, and they go to the Blue Fairy. Okay, so why, why is this a big deal? Well, the Blue Fairy, for one, is the oldest character in the show. She is also probably more than likely the most powerful character. She is older than Rumple. She could possibly be older than the Sorcerer, which I'll get to a point in a minute. Um, they actually went to her. <laughs> I, I've always I've been wondering for two seasons now why the heroes choose to go to still Skin, a bad guy. Instead of going to Blue Fairy, who is older and more powerful, and a good guy. So I was just flabbergasted. They were using their brains for once to go to the Blue Fairy. Like, I, I was sitting here in most of the Frozen art going, Okay, so there's an Ice Queen. Go to the Blue Fla- Fairy. Okay, well, the Ice Queen is attacking stuff. Go to Blue Fairy. Hey look, Zelina's coming into town for Ozark. Go to the Blue Fairy. Go to the Blue Fairy. Please God go to the Blue Fairy. Why are you not going to the Blue Fairy? Why are you going to Rumble? <laughs> like that's, that's been me for two seasons now, so you can only imagine how excited I was. Anyway, so the fact that they're finally using minor characters to further along the plots is a very season one thing. Like for example, one of the reasons why I love season one so much and it's still the tightest season and it's still the best season in my eyes is because it felt like an ensemble cast. <laughs> Adam got onto me one time for saying it, it's not an ensemble but it. But it's not. It's not an ensemble cast. An ensemble cast is when you have a perfect balance between your main, my, like main and minor characters. And what I loved so much about season one is you had these minor characters in the main cast Grew through them. You know, for example, I, I always use the example of episode four, I think it is. It's Archie's episode. It's called That Still Small Voice. While it's Archie's backstory episode, it is a Henry episode. Henry grows in that episode. He learns to stand up to his mother. He learns that it's okay to have faith. So while it's a minor character, Archie's episode, even actually, no, Mr. Savage was main cast during that time. But anyway, even though it was a it was a smaller character's episode, Henry, the main character, grows, and I've wanted that that from once, and we haven't had that from once since pretty much, God, um, into the deep, <laughs> season two episode. What was I like seven or something? I like really that was the last time we've had main characters growing through the minor characters and that's like i always argue that's what teen wolf does so well i mean i know it's a show on mtv but teen wolf handles its minor characters better than any other show i've ever seen like for example when they beat the kitsune not the kitsune the Nugitsune? it's japanese when they beat the bad guy <laughs> uh, that was had like taken over styles it was a minor character who came up with the idea to beat the bad guy, and that same minor character delivered the final blow and defeated the bad guy. You will never see that in Once Upon a Time. They will never let, like, Archie or, or Ruby or anyone go and step in and, and take the final blow. It's just not gonna happen. And it's it's a shame because it's not an ensemble then. So, sorry. But, so, like, I was just... I'm hoping they continue this trend, especially with this like return of several characters. Like we're getting August back. August <laughs> is Emma's guardian angel. I don't think for a second August is gonna like Hook. I like I I don't think he would ever approve of Hook, and he'd just be like, I'm watching you. I'm watching you, <laughs> because I they always said that August was like a big brother to Emma, and I've been I I've wanted August there with Hook and Emma and all this for a while now so long because my god emma swan needs friends that are not her mother and so yeah so i'm, I'm so happy they're actually using blue fairy i'm happy they're actually using minor characters <laughs> i want it more though more because i really don't give a shit about half the main characters <laughs> snow white can fall off a bridge for all i care i'm sorry guys i haven't liked snow white since broken i i love mary margaret to death love jenny goodwin to death Jennifer Goodwin is an amazing woman. She's a, she's a role model of mine. Don't like the character Snow. Moving on. Um, I just want to point out that Gold's transition, walking over the town line, was one of the badass moments of the entire episode. Loved that moment to death. So I guess um, I wanted to also point out that I loved seeing Regina reacting, reacting to the dagger when she used it. Um, I'm wondering if that... I, I only wanted to bring that up because I'm wondering if it's going to play in later. I don't know if it's actually going to be a big thing or not. I don't know if the dagger is going to start wanting her to use it. I've always wondered if she's going to follow Korra's path from Season 2 and if Korra ever got a hold of the dagger and would become the da- next Dark One. Um, so th- I, I think if they keep playing with that, that's going to be a very interesting path. But Regina did definitely... Have a negative reaction to the dagger. Finally, my biggest dislike of the entire show. As I started this episode out, I flat out said that the only story I was invested in was the knave of Hearts. I, I, I missed Will Scarlet in this episode. <laughs> Michael Saka has been a main car- uh, been on main cast for a half season now, and he's barely been in the show. We know, we don't know why he's not in Wonderland because last when we when Wonderland ended, he was the White King. He was married to Anastasia, and he was the white king ruler of the entire land of wonder. Come on! <laughs> and then the next time we see him, he's in Storybrooke? And there is no Anastasia, and he's he's visibly and emotionally hurt from seeing a picture of the Red Queen. I mean, so I, I'm just waiting on bated breath to know what happened to will scarlet and what happened to anastasia and i just want to know so bad guys come on and i'm hoping they bring back cinderella since cinderella is anastasia's half-sister i want to know so bad i hope to god they didn't kill anastasia i will pitch a fit anyway so that was my last dislike and then i just had some leftover questions about the episode in general blue said that she was not okay from being into the hat Alright, so if Blue's McKay being inside the hat, I'm wondering what's that going to... Is that going to play an effect in the long run? What actually goes in on inside the hat? Um, is that another world or realm of its own? Because we know, like, for example, with Jefferson's hat, hats can have worlds and realms inside them. They can have doors, and they can be portals to other worlds. Um, I've always argued that there's kind of like a nether world in between worlds, and that's it's kind of like the fabric between worlds that you go into, and it, it's like the wall and the barrier between them and that's where characters like the Wraith lives or like the Netherworld Dreamworld from season 2 with all the fire where Aurora and Henry and Charming all went um I always so are like is that like another kind of Netherworld that's just my theory um I'm wondering if that's going to come back and play and make a play because when Blue Fairy is not okay that's that's not a good thing guys also is the hat still releasing stuff um Bell said that, you know, once the, once the hat starts releasing stuff, it can't stop until it's empty. And the old man has yet to be spat out of it. So, I mean, is, is the hat still going off? Is someone just, like, watching it just to throw up people on the floor somewhere? I just, I did, yeah, I was wondering that. And finally, this isn't so much a question. It's more my big theory that I gathered from the episode, and that's why I was saying I'd come back to this point. My big theory of this episode is Blue Fairy is actually the author... Or the Sorcerer. Um, I've been, I've thought this for a while now. Um, in fact, I actually was lucky enough to get a question on my blog about Blue Fairy earlier today. It was actually, no, it was more like really, really, really late last night, and I just didn't feel like answering it because it was 4am. Because I don't sleep. Ever. (laughs) So, someone asked me a question about the Blue Fairy, about why I like the Blue Fairy, and I still argue to this day that Blue Fairy is someone that you should watch. So much. Uh, she is an incredibly important character. So I'm going I'm to read this and then I'm going to read my response. This person asked, What makes you like Blue Fairy so much? I tend to have some pretty big issues with her that make it so I have seriously a hard time seeing the good. But you're so much a supporter, I wonder what makes you see her the way you do. Alright, so I went back and I answered, First and foremost, I love the actor. Uh, Kate Conner Tracy is amazing. I absolutely adore her and that helps. Going on. Um, I, I went on to say, Story-wise... I love the mystery and potential around Blue Fairy. She's the oldest and most powerful character on the show. I don't understand why characters and um, yeah, I mentioned that earlier going on. Um, I like to see Blue as a Dumbledore-like character. She's out for the greater good. As long as the whole of good is preserved, then a few sacrifices along the way are, are alright. Uh, those are very interesting characters. They're on the hero's side, but they'll take out people in their way to do the quote-unquote good guy job. And I love that about her. I love lawful good characters. I honestly think there's a reason why we don't have a backstory to her yet. She's been a big player since season one and we know nothing about her other than she's been pulling strings. She was talking to August in season one while August had the book. She know she was the one who sent him as a boy to our world to watch Emma. August also knows how to change and alter the book. Blue was the one who sent Blayfire to our world and set the course of the show in motion. She was the reason why da- Rumple went looking for the dark curse in the first place. She also picks and chooses who to help. For example, she only helps Gemini after he's heard Geppetto's parents because she needed him to eventually guide August as Pinocchio to Emma, to the book, and so on and so forth. And I think the reason why, and this goes to my big theory of this episode, is Blue Fairy is either the author or the sorcerer. And I've thought since season one that she had the potential to be the author. Like, from the get-go. She's old enough and she's powerful enough to be the author. Um, I also see the potential of her being the big bad of the show. Um, I think she's the could be the big bad more than rumple If she needs to take out Storybrooke to preserve the greater good, in our hero's eyes, that would make her quote-unquote bad. Um, and rumple said, in the pilot, the final battle would begin. What is this final battle? Is it between heroes and villains, as we're starting to see in this half-season? Is this him in blue? What defines good and evil? Because we've seen blue do bad things and we've seen rumple do good things i and that's why i think that as my big theory for the episode she's the author of the sorcerer i mean i think this is the beginning of this final battle that we've heard about since the pilot um i think they're starting to get into their run of once upon a time that it's about it's about four seasons in i've always predicted that once upon a time would have five good seasons six if they really want to milk it so i'm thinking we have about two more seasons out of this they're going to have to start pushing this. Because what did Lost have, like, six, seven seasons? So they're starting to push, like, Lost, that, that realm with Lost and everything. So, yeah, I, I think we're we're going to start seeing a development in Blue. Now, why do I think this? Uh, why do I think that Blue is the author or the sorcerer? Well, she knew the blank book the moment they put it in front of her. She knew what it was. She 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 <laughs> looked shocked to get it, and she flat out says, Where did you get this? So, like, she knew exactly what it was. And, and she dropped the she-bomb. And what I mean by that was they were like, oh, well, the author could be a guy. And she goes, or it could be a girl. It could be a her. But no one actually knows! Ha 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 So I, I really do think that, that she either really knows the author or she is the author or she's lying her ass off to protect the author. I mean, I, I think that's how it is. And I love Blue Fairy. I'm so excited. So yeah. Okay, well, that was the first episode of A Quickie with Hope. I am actually really excited about this this season of Once Upon a Time. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be great. So these quickies can be anything. Um, if I want, if I feel the need to podcast about Once Upon a Time again, I will. Of course, I'm going to podcast about Once Upon a Time again. That's a funny thing I just said. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for listening to Hope of All Traits. Oh, by the way, I'm Hope Molinax. I'm the host of the show! Hi! I told you, I'm running on like three hours of sleep. Having four jobs will give that to you. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, uh, if you want to find me, you can follow me at HopeMalnax on Twitter. Or you, I also have a website called GeekyGirlExperience.com and I recently started working for WhatTheFangirl.com um, it's, a, it's about um, media from a girl's point of view. And, yeah, we just launched, it. it's really great. It's run by Bree and Alex from Other Side of the Mirror. And, okay, well, I will talk to you later, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening, and have a great day. Bye.